Good morning. Good seeing everybody. If you will, begin turning to Psalm 57. Psalm 57. David said, I was glad when they said to me, we get to go to the house of the Lord today. That's a privilege, isn't it? It's a privilege we ought not take for granted. I was cleaning the toilets this morning here, and I thought, what a privilege it is to clean the Lord's toilets. <laughs> take out his trash. It's a special privilege if the Lord sent his spirit to us. If not, we gather in vain then. I pray he's pleased to. Tell him a message is perfect calamities. Perfect calamities. There's a lot of calamities going on. Calamity means utter ruin, misery, grave suffering, heavy distress, and very wickedness. I was thinking the other day when we looked at the Lord said, weep not for me. We could go around this room one by one and list everything. I know we're few in number today. We could list everything we have to weep over. We could have a boo-hoo party, couldn't we? Likewise, we could go around a room and we could list the calamity that each of us are experiencing. We could. There's something that's in utter ruin. There's some misery that we're going through. There's grave suffering. There's heavy distress. Or we're surrounded by wickedness. I've been waiting a few weeks for this to preach this psalm, and I just couldn't. It wasn't a text. I just couldn't preach it. And then I had to go through some calamity to be able to preach it. I pray the Lord be with us. If you're in true calamity, true misery, suffering, ruin, heavy distress, what do you need? You need help? Would that be good? North, south? You need grace. We need grace in calamity. Do we need wisdom? Do we need to have wisdom to handle this calamity? Do we need faith to handle this calamity? The Lord told the apostles, he said, if your brother sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times he turns to you and says, I repent. I was, I was, I was wrong. I, hope, I have some things I've done big that's wrong. I've done some big wrongs. And I hope people forgive me for that. The Lord says forgive them. If it's seven times in a day, you forgive them if they repent. And you know what the apostle said? Lord, increase our wisdom. Increase our diligence. No, the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. For that, you have to believe God to show forgiveness. What about calamity? What do we need there? Psalm 57, verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. We need mercy. For my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings I will make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. This is a child of God speaking. This is the Lord's anointed king to picture himself as king on this earth. And you know what he has? Calamities. Believers have calamities. Other people have maybe some sorrow and discomfort. We have some true distresses, unlike anyone else. David says in verse 2, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that should, would swallow me up. 
Selah. That's where I want to stop. I want to get through these three verses, Lord willing, and then just meditate on that. Not say that was a good sermon. And, and then go on about our day. I got a guy come pick up a dumpster here in three hours. No. <laughs> Dwell on that. Let this, I pray God make this soak into us. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. David says in verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. He says it twice. It? What is mercy? It's an odd thing to have, have something prepared. I got somebody in my mind. <laughs> and then they not be there. It's a hard thing. I was wanting these young people to hear this. What's mercy? It's not getting what you do deserve. That's what mercy is, real simple. Not getting what you do deserve. What's grace? Getting something you don't deserve. That's receiving something you don't deserve. Mercy's not getting what you got coming to you, rightfully. What's a mercy seat? We don't deserve to be there, but that's where the Lord's Shekinah glory is. We can be in the presence of a holy God. That's a propitiation. That's an acceptable bloody sacrifice. I want these words to soak in. What's propitiation? What's mercy? What's grace? We're going to need some mercy. What's faith? Not looking to yourself, looking to God. Wish he'd teach us these basic words. Be merciful unto me. That's what a child of God needs. We, might, we have some learning to do in faith. We have some growing to do in grace. We need mercy. We're in calamity, whether you know it or not. I wish the world knew what calamity that was in. I wish your families knew what calamity they was in. I wish my family knew what calamity we was in. I wish I could be reminded on a daily basis what calamity I have all around me and in me. I might cry out for mercy. Instead of crying out hate, as they say nowadays, hate speech, right? Well, you know what my rights are? Ha! You get the right to mercy? That ain't mercy, is it? Do you want to know something about God's mercy? I want to help you if you let me. Old Barnard said, Henry said, Clay said, Kevin says. I hope one comes after me says that. I want to help you if you'll let me. You want to learn something about I want to learn something about mercy. That's what I need. You want to learn something about mercy? Turn over to 1 Peter 1. What about God's mercy? This ain't man's mercy. This is God's mercy. What's something about God's mercy? I'll tell you, it's abundant. It's abundant. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. You need mercy? It's abundant mercy. It's reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I wish the Lord would make this to somebody. If there's anybody, if I could find somebody that needed mercy, if I could find a sinner, that God made a sinner, they know they're a sinner, they're convicted of that, and they need mercy. I want to tell them it ain't going to run out. 
I don't know if he has enough mercy for me. That's not wallowing in your sin. That's self-righteousness. You don't think he's able. I wish we quit agreeing with it and need it. It's abundant. It ain't going to run out. Every generation of the Lord's children from Adam until that last saint that's called home, this mercy has not run out. It, it, it will not run out. It ain't even going to run low. It can't be diminished. We don't understand that. You go out there, there's cantankerous people on the earth that will fight you tooth and toenail over everything. Well, you can say, well, you've got an ocean, take a cup of water out of it. And you have, well, technically, it's a volume that's of mass that's been deducted. Shut up. Good night. Get the principle, not the particulars. Maybe God will save somebody. It ain't going to run out. This is so, we have sin-filled pictures on this earth to, to show something that's eternal, infinite, and holy. His mercy is abundant. What else about it? It's great. You don't have to turn there. Solomon. The Lord came to Solomon in a dream. He said, what do you want me to give you, Solomon? And he, he, he thought of God's mercy. I'm thankful you ain't giving me what I got coming to me, what I rightfully earned. But Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy. This abundant mercy you've had, it's great mercy. You showed that to my daddy. And you know what? My daddy told me about it because that's what saved parents do. They tell their children about it. God don't owe you nothing. I hope I raised you children to know that. Uh, the world don't, sure don't owe you nothing. The Lord don't either. If he's going to have mercy, it's his business. We'll get to that in a second. Sovereign mercy. But this is a great mercy. It's a needed mercy. And it's an abundant mercy. We need a great mercy. That's important because we're great sinners. He has great mercy for great sinners. Well, I mean, I've done some things wrong, and I might have been in a little bit of error before. God ain't committed you a sin yet. You're still in your sin. We need a great mercy. They've cried out twice. Didn't they? Be merciful to me, oh God, be merciful to me. Mercy is what we need, a great mercy. We need that mercy. I don't need it austere. I don't need it cold and dead-letter doctrine and something that John Gill said. I need it to be for me, and I need it to be tender. I'm wounded. His, his, his words cut me like a two-edged sword. And I need mercy. You cry out and you hunk over. and Oh, Lord, I need it. And it needs to be tender. Tender. Turn over to Luke 1. <clears throat> this mercy is not going to come from an austere man, a stoic Man, this is a true and living God that delights to show it. This is a tender mercy. Oh, Zacharias was going to have a boy, John the Baptist. And the angel came to him and he said, I'm old. And the angel said, because you didn't believe me, you ain't going to speak until that child is born, until this comes to pass. I was reading this weekend, a lot of times, whoever prints Bibles just gets it wrong. They're faithful to put the word in there. But uh, I was reading about the prophet going to that widow woman and being provided for him. And the heading says, whenever Elijah predicted the famine or the drought to come, that is not what happened. He proclaimed it. James said so. The prayer of a righteous man. He said, he prayed and it didn't rain for three years, six months. That's what happened, wasn't it? Zacharias went, that angel of the Lord, that, that messenger came and said, here it is. And I said, I don't know about that. And he said, watch this. You ain't going to talk for nine and a half months or until John the Baptist was born, and he didn't. 
And then the child was born here in Luke 1, verse 76. Luke 1, 76. He's speaking now. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sin. Here's an infant. I mean, uh, two hours old. <laughs> God's prophets prophesying to this one he's old. You're going to do this through the tender mercy of our God. God sent me a preacher to tell me what I was and to tell me who God was and to show me that finished work. And that was tender. That was God's tender mercy to send me a messenger that ripped me open and showed me his tenderness. That's a, good, that's a profitable man. That was, man was faithful to the word of God. And I'm thankful for it. It was the Lord's doing but I'm thankful. Through the tender mercy of our God, verse 78, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's tender. That's tender. That word translated tender there means inward affection. That's a heart love. That's good. You mean the Lord brought me through all those trials and did all those things to break me? That ain't nice. He broke my heart. Oh, that's very nice. That's tender. We'll thank him for it. If he does it, we will. We'll be grateful. And this mercy always has been and always will be. Psalm 103. This isn't something new that comes. He says, well, this is plan B. Salvation is not a plan. It's a declaration. It's a person. And it always has been. Psalm 103, verse 17. This is an ancient mercy. Psalm 103, verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. You know what that is? From everlasting, that's unconditional election. The Father purposed that before time, right? Well, what's to everlasting? Perseverance of the saints. Some fell a couple hundred years ago, just worded it that way that day. What it is. Everlasting mercy. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Who? For who's this for? Upon them that fear him. And the righteousness unto children's children. Who did he tell us to weep for? Ourselves and our children. They need mercy and they don't even know they need it. When he had mercy on his people, it was before the world was made. And this mercy, it's enduring. Turn over a couple pages to Psalm 106, verse 1. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. It ain't going to change. It ain't going to diminish. It's from everlasting to everlasting. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? I'm trying to tell you what this Bible says about these things. Hoping we'd, we'd learn something. I'm not doing a good job at it. Nobody. Who can utter these things? Lord can speak it to the heart. Make it effectual. I can't. But who can utter these things? Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Do you thank him the way you want to thank him? Let me ask you another way. Do you thank him the way he deserves to be thanked? It endures all my sin. 
It endures all my failing and my falling. It endures all my doubt and my unbelief. That's, that's pretty durable, isn't it? His mercy is a sovereign mercy. Let's turn to Exodus 33. We might be able to quote this, but it'd be good for us to read it. Exodus 33. This is a sovereign mercy. <clears throat> this would be good for us to see for next hour, too. Exodus 33, verse 17. Moses had asked the Lord something. And the Lord replies. He said, and the Lord said unto Moses, Exodus 33, 17. The Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken for, because thou hast found grace in my sight. I looked upon you in grace, and I know thee by name. And Moses spoke, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. This is a sovereign mercy. He was gracious and merciful to Moses, and what did he do? Well, this church, see, the Lord's going to be merciful. Who wants to? And He put him in the cleft of the rock so he didn't die. He put him in Christ. That's mercy, and that's grace. That's what we need. I need to be in him. I need this sovereign mercy, and he's the only one that can do it. He owns it. It's his mercy. If it's true mercy, it has to be sovereign. It has to be without influence because if in any way, shape, form, or fashion it's influenced by me or somebody else, or, well, I prayed for my children, and the Lord's going to do something, family covenant garbage, then it ain't true sovereign mercy. It's influenced, and therefore not mercy. And to be true mercy, that's without influence, it has to have the capacity for mercy. It has to have the capacity for mercy. You have to be able to do it. You get that? You got to be able to do it. I cannot make someone not get what they got coming to them. I cannot. Like, you have offended me and... I have every right in the world to punch you in the mouth for that, but I ain't going to do it. I, I don't have that power. I, don't, I mean, we have little squabbles on this earth. I don't have the power for there to be mercy. I saw, I saw this horrible religious movie. I don't know a good one. I'll save you a whole bunch of hours and cringing and goosebumps. Of, ugh, there ain't no good ones. Save you time. But this man, he, he wanted to still up, stand up, and he was yelling at this man, and he said uh, something bad happened, and so he's blaming God, and he said, we ought not bow to him and ask him. We ought to stand in his face and yell back, ah! Fight him with everything in us. Two things are true about that. One, you are. You already have. That's all you've been doing your whole life, even when you was playing church growing up. And he's a good little Catholic or a good little Presbyterian or a good little Baptist or a good little Sovereign Grace boy. Like me. He was fighting God. He was at war with him. You already are. You haven't surrendered. And then I thought, too, if somebody got in my face, I told Cameron, and yelled at me like that, I, I can't be gracious. I can facilitate the opportunity. <laughs> I can put you in front of him. I can preach to him now or I can send you to him. I'll arrange the appointment. 
be glad to talk to me like that. I can't destroy, and I can't show mercy. I can't do anything. Man can't do nothing. Do you know that? The Lord said, he said, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Don't worry about that. But rather fear him which is, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who, that's who we're dealing with. That's who David's praying to is God. It's real important, isn't it? Psalm 51, I'm sorry, Psalm 57, verse 1. David says, be merciful to, unto me, unto me, not unto sinners and unto people, no, to this sinner, to me. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth thee. Here's the conditions of this. Here's why I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Trust is something that's unique, isn't it? If someone trusts you, you will do anything you can for that person. I know so. Some of y'all have family. Some of y'all have children. Some of y'all have friends. I don't know. But if somebody trusts you, you'll do anything you can for that person. I, I hope so as I wrote this. I think I'm feeling, I think I'm accurate. My children, I pray, have never worried where their next meal was coming from. They've never worried if they're going to have a roof over their head, if they're going to have clothes to wear. I never did growing up. I, had parents, I just trusted them. And because they trust me and they said, Daddy, I need this. I'm going to do everything in my power <laughs> I can to provide that. If somebody really trusts us, we'll do everything in our power to support them. How much more will our Lord and our God? If he's put a new heart in us and we trust him to be merciful, if I will do those things and I'm evil, what's he going to do? You think he's faithful? That makes unbelief so much better. If that gets you at your heartstrings, if there's a new heart there and it gets you by your heartstrings, that makes unbelief so much more better. There was one time my children looked at me and I lost that trust. They said, Daddy, we're going to be okay. That crushed me. I'll never forget it as long as this mind's still in me. That hurt bad. I lay down my life for you. How much more so for our Lord that did lay down his son's life for us, right? Do we trust him? I've had a real bad week. <laughs> Don't matter. Don't matter, does it? Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings I'll make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I'm going to be in the shadow of thy wings. I'll make my refuge. That's where I'm going to hold up. That's where I'm going to ride this out. That's where I'm going to be protected. In the shadow of thy wings. This is real basic stuff. It's easy to read over. That's why I say you can't read the Bible in here. It's too fast. You ain't, it ain't going to soak in. It's like reading a proverb a day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> read a verse, a verse a day maybe. Take a couple years doing that. The shadow. What's some natural requirements for a shadow? Hopefully we've all been to kindergarten. You're going to have to have some light, ain't you? To have a shadow, there's going to have to be light. This is a child of God speaking. David's heart had the light of Christ in it. He understood some things. He saw some things. What else must there be to be in a shadow? You're going to have to have light, and you're going to have to be close to it. Not way over there. Not one day a week. You have to be close to it. Right? You have to have light. You have to be close, and you're gonna to have to be to be in a shadow. What you going to, have to be? This this will get you under it. What's that mean? Below. 
we may have to bow down from our big old heads and our high horses and all the things that we're so wise in and hunker down to what's underneath what's underneath the chicken? It's feet. That's a good place to be. Is that easy to read over? In the shadow of thy wings I'll make my refuge. Where's that city of refuge, the sweetest spot in it? The feet of Christ, who is our refuge. This is a picture of a, turn on Matthew 23. Matthew 23. This is good. It's good. People say they haven't got confidence and, and they have lack. People struggle with assurance. Listen to me. I close my eyes. I don't know who I'm looking at. If you're having trouble, stop studying more than your pastor does and go for a walk. Go outside. Breathe some fresh air. Get some vitamin D. It'll be good for you. Peace ain't found in John Gill or Henry Mahan, or something else. Peace is found in Christ. And he says something, and then go learn what that means. This is a picture of a chicken, what David's talking about, gathering his hens around it. I'll try to send you a YouTube video if you've never owned chickens. They, they have a clutch of chickens, and that hen will gather up them little ones, and biddies underneath her. When trouble comes over, a falcon, a wolf, death, when death's coming, that's what we'll look at next time. When death's coming, calamities come, they run underneath the wing of that hen. You know what's there? The, it's feet, warmth, protection. That's a good place for a child of God to run in trouble. Christ's feet, not to the Bible, not to a deacon, not to some preacher, not to some man, to Christ. Go to him and grab a hold of his feet and don't let go. Stay right there. Make that your refuge. And you know, you know what you'll find? What does is, what is a little bitty find underneath its mama hen when it runs underneath the mama hen in time of trouble? It's a no-brainer. Other little baby hens, other little baby chicks, don't they? They gather at the feet of Christ. They don't run away from it. They gather. They don't stay off by themselves. That's called dying. And if you can be warmed by your own flame, you ain't got no flame anyway. You need that. Need to feed. Matthew 23. Look at verse 37. I'm going to page off. Matthew 23, 37. O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stoneth them, stoneth them which are sent to thee. How often I would have gathered thy children together. That's who he told us to wait for. So he told us to pray for your children. You love your children? I'd have gathered your children to me even those that are killing the prophets, even those that he sends a preacher and they fight him tooth and toenail and throw rocks at everything he says. The Lord says, I'd delight to show what? Mercy. I'd have gathered your children up. You was at war with me. That's when he found me. I still my sins, wasn't I? The Lord said, I would have been like a, a I'd have gathered thy children together. Even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. Yet you would not. You knew a better way. You had wisdom of your own, didn't you? You're going to correct that fellow. He's wrong, I'm right. That's not bound to the feet of Christ. That fellow, all, them, all them prophets and all them those that the Lord sent, what was they telling you? Go to him. I don't like that. <laughs> Pick up a rock and throw it. Lord said, I would have done that. Just like, just like David wanted to get in the shadow of my wing, I'd have, I'd have gathered you in just like a hen does her biddies. But you would not. Behold, your house is left to you, unto you desolate. That's what I was saying last week when we, if, 
the Lord delights to show mercy. And the scriptures say he would that all men be saved. And so if anybody's not, it's flat man's fault. If someone dies, well, they're in a better place now. If they didn't bow to Christ, no, they ain't. Better to have our bubbles popped now than popped in judgment. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Back in our text, or in Psalm 57, verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. How, our days are few, but what are they full of? Trouble, calamities. It ain't going to stop. It ain't going to get no better. We'll have easy days. We'll have days we see our Lord and we're, we have peace and contentment and all that. But that's like, what, we, what are we looking at in Genesis? Uh, you just showed up to the scene. We're only two years into this famine. There's still five years left. <laughs> Hold on to your horses. It ain't, ain't going to get no better on this earth. Till these calamities be overpassed, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He performs all things for me. And he's for us. That's what we read in the psalm before, didn't we? What's the scripture say? He performs, he does all things. Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. He showed him mercy. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison whenever he's cast in prison. And he committed everything to Joseph's hand and all the prisoners that were in prison. And whatsoever that they did there, he was the doer of it. Joseph's picture of Christ. God that performeth, he doeth all things for me. Everything. People have a real hard time with this, and this is God's word. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people be not afraid? Shall there be evil in a city? And the Lord hath not done it? That's for us. That's for his glory. If it doesn't glorify him, he'll restrain it. All those false religions, all those abortion clinics, all those whatever, I don't know, pick something that you don't like that's bad. The Lord's doing that. That's for me. That's for you that believe. Humbling, isn't it? But he performs all things and he does it well. That's what it says in Mark 7. They were astonished beyond measure and he hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. All these that hate him who are at war with him in sin, he's, he's saved them. That's mercy. <laughs> That's doing things well. He performs all things for our good and his glory. And we know because that spirit makes intercession for us. That's what he's talking about, the context, right? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things. He performeth that. He doeth that for me. We're his workmanship. That's the key for Simon. I mentioned that after service of the night. Uh, the, the synoptic gospels account that Simon carried the Lord's cross and John says that he carried his own cross. How do you reconcile such things? Well, the timeline, that's not without the, go that's without the gospel. That's on a, ca a calendar or a timepiece. Well, he carried it and then Simon picked it up later and he carried it. And <clears throat> You go ask Simon that carried the Lord's cross and you say, boy, you did a good thing, Simon. You carried the Lord's cross. Isn't that he said, if it was good, I didn't do it. Christ in me did it. There ain't nothing good in me but him if he's pleased to be there. Isn't that what he said? Isn't that what you would say? If I did something good, the Lord did it. It wasn't me. That's called unity. That's like that leper taking that offering uh, uh, to the temple because he was cleansed of leprosy because the Lord touched him. That's the Lord fulfilling the law in his people. That's mercy. 
That's grace, isn't it? Mm. He performs all things for me. Verse 2, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. He's going to send from heaven. What did the Father send from heaven? The only one to ascend is the one that descended. Sent Christ from heaven. He come down, didn't he? And he saved us up from the one that would swallow us up. That's another hard thing. Everyone is under the influence of their father, the devil, until the Lord saves them. All the good things we thought we did in the 75 times we was baptized or whatever, whatever it was, I was fighting for the gospel. I was under the influence of Satan is what it was. I was under the influence of the devil until the Lord saved me. Now, he, he allowed that to happen. That's his doing. <laughs> but that was the means. That was the ones who was mean. He'd have killed me. We were not doing okay on our own. We were about to be swallowed up. And he came and saved us. Saved us from something, right? Our sin. That was our desire. Selah, stop. You go think about that. Think about it. Stop and consider. Lord said, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, there, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. And he says, but take ye heed. Pay attention. David says, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Mercy and truth, they are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. That's salvation is what David was talking about in Psalm 85. Where did that take place? Calvary. Calvary. All those things, just in those first couple verses, first three verses, those are good things to pray and that's a good thing to have in our heart while we're in calamities. I didn't read it, but David was in a cave with 600 men. And Saul had 3,000 looking for him. He didn't turn to 599 So, well, what do you all think? Well, what do you think about that verse? Well, what do you, what do you think about that verse? He prayed to God. <laughs> He's going to send help from heaven. That's who he trusted in. That's, good. that's a good leader. I'd, I'd like to be in the cave with the king. Like, it must have been a big cave. There's 600 of them. Mm. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for the calamities that you've sent to make us cry out for mercy that you delight to show that's everlasting, that's abundant, that's tender. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the calamities. Thank you for Christ that those things made us run to. Thank you for the shadow of his wings. What a defender we have. Lord, your gracious and mercy. Make us thankful for those things. Give us a heart that praises our Redeemer and be with us. We're so prone to wonder out where there's hawks and wolves and bobcats. Lord, make us run to the feet of Christ. It's because of him we ask it. Amen.
All right, Brandon. Let's take about a 10-minute break. Meet back. <clears throat>